2: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, hey, Gator Nation. Welcome back to the Respect Our Decision podcast, guys. This is the uh, the El Nino edition, man. It's cold out there. I hope everybody's staying safe, warm. Um, Got your heaters running, man. Don't spend a lot of time outside, get those pets inside. As always, guys, I'm your boy Hirsch. With me is CJ the Man McCann. What's up, guys? And the hype man wes.
0: Was good. Get a nation was good.
2: Yes, sir, boys and girls. We got some recruiting to talk about. 2024 recruiting, 2025 recruiting to talk about. Um, and we're gonna talk a little NIL and now how it pertains to the University of Florida and um what what maybe changes the university of Florida needs to take going forward in the NIL game to, to get more competitive. It's a hot topic out there right now on social media world. Um, I know all of you are not out there on social media, but if you are on social media, make sure you go check out our platforms out there. Check us out on Twitter at respect our DCN and check out, check out our Facebook group, respect our vision. And if you're part of the Facebook group, you can join our recruiting chat and, regular football chat that we have there on the Facebook page. Just join the group and then join into the chat. Man, we have great conversations over there. A lot of great guys. Uh Very little back and forth in a negative outlook, you know, taking shots at each other when we don't have different opinions. Uh Grown-up talk, I think, is the best way to, to say it. So make sure you check that out, guys. Also, make sure you check out not only... Last week's pot of the people, but check out this week's episode. It'll be dropping Saturday evening, as always, on our YouTube and wherever you get your podcast from. And if you're watching us now on the YouTube channel, go ahead and hit that subscribe. Drop a like on the video, and uh, hey man, leave a comment down below about what you think the University of Florida needs to do to to get more NIL funds, man. Who's the cause? What's the cause? What's the solution? Drop. Drop some uh nuggets below on how you would go about fixing this problem. And yes, I know firing Scott Strickland is very high on your list. I know who you are that's out there listening, and I know your answer. <laughs> mm. All right, guys, we're gonna jump right into it, man. Um, hey, we got a we got a transfer portal quarterback this week. I know that's getting everybody's blood pumping. Um, Clay Millen, committed to the to the Gators this week, formerly of Colorado State. And I know you're, some of y'all are saying, why did we need another quarterback? Well, guys, we only had two roster quarterbacks. You obviously had Graham Mertz coming back. You had the freshman, DJ Lagway. Uh, Clay Millen, why is not going to move the, need, the, the needle on excitement? Obviously, he does bring starting experience to the fold in a scholarship third string quarterback. Um, he didn't, he didn't play much last year, but in 2022, he was 169 out of 234. So a 72% clip, uh, 1,900 yards, 10 touchdowns against six interceptions. So like I said, he, he's not somebody that's going to move the needle a whole lot right there, but adds experience to the room. In case something happens, maybe you don't want to rush DJ right, right into the starting spot if, say, Graham was to get hurt. Um, obviously Graham's coming back from that shoulder injury looks pretty good out there lifting weights that you see him out there the Gator social media page is putting the Gators are out there working out under our new um, strength and conditioning guy and they're out there lifting weights and Graham looks pretty good doing it but obviously you know when it comes to those collarbone injuries man those things can happen again so you got to have a little backup there um, I want to talk real quick about a developing situation as though it pertains to the 2024 class. If you haven't heard already, De'Andre Robinson, defensive tackle out of Orlando, uh, was just released from his um, letter of interest with Texas. This is a really big deal for Florida because Florida is considered the front runner to land Robinson now that he is kind of back on the back on the block uh he he was gators were neck and neck with texas when he committed a lot of people in gainesville thought he was going to commit to florida then so this would be a super addition man this is a really big true you know defensive tackle he's um six six four 315 pounds like i said he's out of orlando he's rated the number 252 prospect overall in the 247 composite So that would jump us back in the always important bragging rights of recruiting rankings, which, you know, may or may not matter to you out there listening to this podcast. Uh, I believe somebody had it figured out the other day that if we were to get Robinson, that would take us up to 12th overall. Looks a lot better on paper than 16th, obviously. Um, Obviously we're still out there in recruiting um, Mr. Humes up there from Maryland. If we were to add him, and I'm not saying we are, that would take us all the way up to ninth. So it's got some iron still in the fire guys. Uh, real quick. Um, what would it mean to you? Wes, I'll start with you. Cause I know you, you love talking about some defensive tackles, man. What would it, what would it mean to you to be able to, to add Robinson after already he already signed to Texas here? That would be a big get. Would it not?
0: Yeah, it'd be a huge get. Um, uh... And I know we are, a lot of us, as far as fans are focused on this uh, current season, kind of, I think we were pretty straight as far as D tackles down. But if if Napier were to suffice, uh, go past this year, you know, I've been constantly harping on the 25 uh, uh, year as far as DJ Ladway's first year starting. And uh, Napier really having his own quarterback starting. This is a guy you want there for maybe depth next year or starting next year as well. So, uh, this is a guy we wanted we expected to get when we were doing talking about, you know, these recruits coming in during the season back in maybe like October, uh, September uh, uh, <clears throat> for this kid. So um, it'll be uh, a huge get, you know, the tackle is something that uh, with offensive line, something that I chronicled that we were kind of struggling with as far as those interior guys that can come in. And, and I know people look at 250 overall. I want top 100 guys. When you get D-tackles like that, you rarely going to get a guy that's going to be in the top 100 unless his name is Jalen Carr or somebody like that. So um, it'll be a huge get, a huge need. It feels some things uh, that we can hopefully uh, build on for the future uh, with some of the current D-line that we got last year and this year. But those tackles are something that we were kind constantly missing on, guys that we couldn't get into class before, for whatever reason it was. Uh, we chronicled uh, – I can't remember the kid's name that chose UCF last year. Um, that, that really hurt my my heart because um, I really thought that he was going to be special. He probably will still be special. Um, but uh, Played great out. this season for those that, that follow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So get Robinson in here is is, is is a good get by, I guess, the staff. I don't know what his reasons were for leaving the University of Texas, but I'm happy to take him in his class.
2: CJ, what's your take on uh, possibly adding Robinson and, and maybe a little insight on Millen as well, if you have any other insights?
1: Uh, no, uh, Robinson would be great for purposes. To would be a good guy to see if you could develop. him, And then, uh, you know, he's, he's obviously got some talent. Um, you know, it's, you're, you're talking about a very important position when you're talking about a defensive tackle spot because it is, it's the unsung hero of the defensive line. It's the guy that really eats up a lot of the uh, the tackles in, in the middle, controls the gaps and such. So uh, it would be a good get for us to get a guy that we could develop. You know, him and uh, Michael Burrow, um, you know, side by side to go forward. You know, because you're talking about some some older guys in the D tackle room now. You know, with Banks and Jackson and and now Des Watson. You know, they're getting up there. Uh, You know, Cameron Jackson, I think this is it for him one way or the other. This is going to be it. He's out of eligibility. Um, You know, Caleb Banks is getting older. Um, You know, he's only been with us for a year, but, you know, he's two years now. And he's – I think it's his fourth year playing college football. And the same thing with Dez. Uh, Dez is in his third or fourth year now. So, you're talking about some older guys, and you really need to get some defensive tackles in the room to kind of control the gaps and really play that position. And they're hard to find true nose tackles because, it's again, it's not a position – It's not a position that, that a lot of guys say, Oh man, I want to play nose tackle. Um, You know, and those guys come into premium and a lot of times they go to Georgia or they go to (laughs) Ohio state or, you know, they go places like that because it's
2: hard to find them in Florida. It's
1: yeah. It's hard to find them. A lot of times, you know, we got Barrow out of Georgia, Georgia produces a pretty good nose tackles. Um, A lot of the big, you know, corn fed boys are are who you're looking for, but it, it, it's just hard to get that guy. Cause like I said, it's not a glamorous position. Uh, you know, a lot of the nose tackles when you play nose tackle in high school, you know, you, a lot of those guys are undersized. They're not, they're not going to play college football in the nose tackle position. That's just, you know, you know, your body can only do so much. Um, so yeah, I, I'd like to have him, um, you know, it just, I want, I want him to, you know, um, some notes. I, I would like to see how he does in the locker room. Um, I think that there are some some concerns there. Nothing to down the kid about. He's eighteen, you know. It's as simple as getting out and growing up. Um, so you know, that's that's the hope is you get him there, get him some kind of structure. Uh, you know, you get a team around him, really learn, grow up a little bit, you know, get away from home, kind of be a your own man, and I think that that, that'll be good for him.
2: Anything to add on Millen?
1: Uh, no, Millen, Millen's, you know, a guy that's played, you know, I, I think he brings a, a, a decent enough, you know, I, I don't think you're going to look at, at one point we looked at Jack Miller as a possible like high profile guy because he went to Ohio State He played on the bench. He didn't really do a lot, but he was a four-star recruit. He was a guy that, you know, that, that was looked at as, you know, possible, you know, could come in and work his way and actually be a starter at some point. The um, Millen is, is not that guy, you know, Millen understand. I think Millen understands his role. You know, he's definitely, you know, been around for a little while. He's obviously knows some stuff. He'll be a good scout team quarterback. He'll be a good quarterback for the room. He'll be a guy that you can, you know, you're not gonna really, really worry about, you know, if you have to put him in a game. It's not gonna be he's not gonna wow you. You know, he's not gonna be a guy that's gonna throw the ball, you know, eighty yards down the field and break tackles and look like Josh Allen, but he's he's a guy that at least knows what he's doing. Um, he's he's not a guy that, you know, hasn't played. He's not a guy that's Coming in, you know, like a, a baby deer trying to walk, you know, he, he's a you know, he's, he's at least we, got some some reps. You know, that's that's the main thing is you have a guy that's got it, some reps.
2: We said it before. It was going to be really hard to find somebody that was yeah. willing to come in and take a scholarship to. Let's you know, I know the selling point is you're going to battle for the backup spot. Yeah, I mean, that's what you have to tell him and and the reality of it is is he is going to battle for the backup spot. Right. But he's battling to get someone who's immensely more talented than him. Right. And and let's be honest, you're you're paying a good bit to get here. So you didn't pay him yeah. to come sit on the bench.
1: Yeah, I think that too you look at him uh, as a sense of it's really hard to convince a guy to come in and say okay, well you got the starter, you've got the air and then you've got the spare. And try to get the guy to be the spare is, is is not, is not very I don't know enticing. Um, but you know I think the kid, um, I think the kid. You know sometimes you, you get a very mature kid who understands. Hey, look, I'm not going to be an NFL guy. You know football is probably going to stop here for me. Um, you know might as well go to the SEC and play for a historic program. You know get yeah. some reps, get the jersey, get the helmet, get the pictures, get the graduation, senior day stuff. Um, you know, and I, I commend him for that. I mean, you know, I, I couldn't blame him one bit. You know, if I had an opportunity to say, you know, I may compete for the job at Colorado State or, hey, I can go to Florida and, you know, hang out, ride the bench, say I was a gator, you know, I don't, I mean, I understand where he's coming from. It's a good university. You get a good degree from here. Um,
0: you know, so, hey, all, all power to him. I'm glad to have him. One last thing about that, too, as well as the thing that I, uh, why I wanted somebody that uh, could come in, not only, I mean, y'all touched on everything as far as depth and we needed a third quarterback, is that, you know, you want somebody also to push DJ, not, not to give DJ saying, okay, I'm quarterback too, you know, DJ talked about, you know, he's going to push merch, but um, and you know how you guys know how I felt about Mertz and, his, and him coming back and his two and and him giving uh, DJ, you know his experience and what's going on and how to prepare and how to be a starter quarterback in college football But this is also gonna be somebody that I'm not saying that he's gonna be a DJ or anything like that But you guys know what I'm saying But I'm talking to the fans as far as what I'm saying is this is somebody that's gonna say okay DJ the the number two position is not guaranteed to be yours this is somebody that can come in and actually push him to 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 do and prepare and try to be that number that two number two spot is not going to be given to you. It's going to be earned. So I like that part of it as well.
2: Absolutely. All right, guys. Let's talk. You know, look, I understand that right now the fan base one of their least concerns is two thousand twenty five recruits. But hey, the show does go on. As far as that goes, you you always got to be recruiting. Because, hey, I know a lot of people consider Billy a a dead man walking. And I I get those takes. I I completely understand that point of view. And I'm not sitting here to tell you you shouldn't have that point of view one way or another. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to cover the recruiting aspect, uh, the hot topics that are going on right now in Gator Nation. And, I mean, getting 2025 recruits shows the man ain't laying down on the job. He's not. He's not accepting his fate. He's accepting the fact that he feels like he's going to be the coach of the Gators, not only next season but going forward. And he's going to build his team the way he can build his team. So, two great commitments this week to try. You know, we already had Waltez Clark in the in the barn, but we got a really great top one hundred recruit right off the rip here, uh, Jalen Wiggins. He's a six four. 245 he's he's slotted as an edge right now um he's number 93 overall in the composite in the early composites obviously we know that's gonna just change here there and everywhere but man the thing I love about it the most is this kid's out of Tallahassee you went right into the enemy's backyard and stole a top 100 kid and they've been on this kid for a while Mike Pete has been on this kid, he's been recruiting. Now coach Chapman gets in there, man, he helps out with the efforts. And Wiggins, man, he was at junior day and he felt like, "Hey, man, it's time it's time to quit, you know, playing around and and jump in here, I want to help build something." I I love this pickup for the Gators. I think this is a absolutely huge pickup. You've been leading for this kid for a while. This is what closing in recruiting is like. Now I hear some of you out there, it don't mind, it don't matter till they sign, and you are correct, it does not matter till they sign. But hey, if you can't get them committed, it, it you know that you can't even worry about that later. So, um, but that was the actual second commitment coming off the weekend. The first was wide receiver uh Hosiah Abdullah out of um Atlanta, Georgia, he's at a Woodward Academy up there close to where I'm from, uh, North Clayton County there, um, near the airport in Atlanta, near Atlanta Airport. Um, This is a 5'10", 175-pound receiver. He's number 392 in the early composite. Like I said, though, those are numbers, you know, you're they're going to change a lot. But if you look at this kid's offer list, man, this the kid's offer list just – who's who of college football teams you had bama auburn fsu michigan texas texas a&m tennessee was in there and a bunch of other ones so this isn't a kid that's just flying under the radar that the staff took a flyer on this was a kid that was out there that a lot of teams knew about um and i know cj knows a little bit more about him he had looked him up the other day after the kid committed um woodward academy is a really good school up there in, in south atlanta um that's where um Ernest, I'm sorry, Miles Graham was playing for before he moved back down to Florida. So really good school there in in South Atlanta. This is a kid, man, that you get now before he really blows up, but, you know, was already on a lot of teams radar. CJ, starting with you, um, two really good, two, two really good commitments that right there to get this class rolling.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, Josiah Abdul is a kid that I watched. My high school played uh, Woodward in the state championship game. We did win, but uh, they they were a very so, good team. So you're saying but, you
2: said you said you did
1: win? We did win. We, yes, we won, okay. We won big. Yeah, we won big. Uh, but <laughs> Woodward, Woodward, uh, I think a lot of the reason he's flying under the radar too, because Woodward had a wide receiver named Ben Grice who's committed to Wake Forest, and I don't know how he's slipping to Wake Forest. That kid is incredible. Um, but he, he got a lot of the burn at, at Woodward Academy. He was kind of their main guy they were throwing the ball to. That kid could, you know, really catch anything. Um, but the guy, the kid is, is a great kick returner. Uh, he's done that this year. Um, you know, he got us, I think he had uh, about 95, almost 100 yards into touchdown against us. And we, we're no slouch. I'm not tooting my own horn, but our defense was ranked as high as anybody in, in the state. We were allowing. Fourteen points or less every game. It wasn't, you know, there wasn't a really, you know, a team that had their way with us. But, it, you know, to to get through there, our secondary, we've got a we've got a Reddick, Kendarius Reddick, who's committed to Auburn, playing uh, defensive back for our team as well. So, you know, we've we've got some guys, and to be able to, you know, get out there and to do that against them shows that he's a really good receiver. He's only going to have a better year. Like I said, with with a, a senior that was in front of you, get a lot of the catches out of the way his head coach is a, is a Gator at Woodward Academy, which, which factors into that. He, uh, he coached with spur uh, Spurrier back in the day. So, um, definitely, definitely a good get there, uh, again. And, you know, then we get back down to my area with, with Tallahassee because Tallahassee's 30 minutes from me, you know, almost, I'm almost there. Um, but, uh, Wiggins, uh, getting him out of, uh, Rickards down there in Tallahassee, uh, He's a, he's a heck of a player, solid player. You get him out of the backyard. Tallahassee, Tallahassee produces a lot of good kids, a lot of good players. Um, you know, to get somebody out of Florida state's backyard isn't easy, uh, especially when Florida state's winning, um, you know, it, it, you, you have to compete with them. Um, but the kid seems like he wanted to be a Florida Gator. This is what he wanted. Uh, this was his team, you know, the dreaded dream school curse, you know, that we've all talked about, but in, sometimes it works out sometimes kids
2: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: just like, man, I wanna I want to go play for my team. Um which is kinda of rare today and age, and I understand the the hesitation to to get really excited about oh well, you know, nothing doesn't mean anything until they sign. You know, typically I mean we look at the kids last year that that committed this early, Miles Graham, DJ Lagway, those guys. You know, they didn't they didn't waver at any point. They, they stayed committed the whole time. You know, you have a guy like Chauncey Bowens who did leave and, you know, that's going to happen. It, it's just part of it. But I, I think, too, you know, sometimes kids just get it, get in. They get committed. They go to their senior year. They don't have to worry about getting recruited. They don't have to worry about dealing with any of this other stuff. They know where they're going to be when they get finished. And uh, they like to get stuff out of the way. They're like, you know, hey, look, I got a senior season coming up. You know my team's really good. We could be making a run at the state title game. The last thing I want to do is be worried about where I'm going to go play college football. I'm going to go ahead and make my decision now, and I'm just going to hang out and get ready and play play ball and focus on that. Focus on my team, um, which is is a great mindset to have. Uh, So you know you you could be looking at a situation like that where kids are just like, "Hey, I'm not going to you know stretch this thing out any longer. I know where I want to go. I'm going to make that decision and." Go ahead and get get my name in the hat.
2: Wes, how do you like these two guys to to get this twenty five
0: class rolling? Yeah, you get a top one hundred crew anytime you gotta feel good about that. So uh like uh you said and CJ said the kid out of Tallahassee. Um I when I first saw Gators with my dream school, I was like, Man, this ain't happening. But uh to see him go ahead and commit also shows uh, you give gotta give Billy some kudos, like you talked about. He's not just sitting on his hands, just worried about the 24 uh, year as far as playing on the field, but he's also uh, going out about his job as like he's going to be here in the future as well. So uh, I love that. Uh, I love that, that that the staff is still attacking kids, still preparing, and they're going to be here, still trying to get the team better for hopefully if he's – because I'm hopeful that he's here for year, years to come. That means we're doing well. <laughs> so um, I'm all for that. Uh, the wide receiver kid, I um, uh, think CJ spoke about his offers there, or you or CJ spoke about his offers. I mean, I know sometimes fans be like, well, this kid is not ranked high. He's a three star. He's 5'10". Uh, I mean, what are we doing here? But if you look at his offer sheet, that tells you. Uh, this is Alabama before Nick Saban retired that offered this kid. These, these are teams that really wanted this kid. And CJ talked about winning depth about um, the receiver that was in front of him. He comes from uh, Georgia. Got to love athletes that come out of Georgia. We'll see his senior year. He'll probably get more touches. I hope his quarterback is back. I don't know if CJ didn't mention that. But if his quarterback is back, it was a junior as well, then he's going to get a whole lot of touches from a, a high school quarterback that's there. So we, maybe he'll rise up. Now, I would love to see us get some bigger receivers. Um, I feel like a lot of our receivers that we have coming in with DJ has been on like the little smaller side. So uh, unless we get somebody in the portal or uh, or whatever, I would like to see some bigger receivers. But if this kid is playing at 5'10" and they're playing at that speed that a uh, 5'10" kid should be playing at, uh, it's another weapon. We talked about how special teams has been hurting us. Uh, I'm big on I'm big on special teams. I'm like a Meyer when it comes to that because when you a ball game, we lost us a game against Arkansas. Ah, uh, so we want uh, special teams to be impacted as well. So when you got guys like that that come in as freshmen, we saw Bama with Waddle and uh, Smith and and uh, Judy and those guys in rugs. Those guys were returning punts and and putting their uh, team in position to have short fields so uh if he can come in to make an impact on special teams early in his career uh we have some guys now that we feel like they can do that as well but you don't want to ever let up at that position as far as because i feel like special teams is just important as the offense and defense when it comes to games that you're playing close so uh, i i love that uh aspect of his game and hopefully he can rise in the rankings this year when he gets to be the number one receiver so i love both additions uh especially as a shout-out to the staff, not quitting on the job, not just worrying about getting guys in the portal and trying to make the team as best uh, they can as far as the future as well. So planning to be in the future gives me good vibes from Napier, what his uh, uh, vision is for this year. Going back to what you just
2: said about not quitting on the job, man, that can well, that goes back to DeAndre Robinson again. I mean, we said that last cycle. We We continue to talk about how these guys don't stop recruiting just because a kid – commit somewhere else they just keep on keep on keep on and you know in in situations like that man it it can bear fruit if you don't burn any bridges and you you know you just part on good terms hey man you know we're not going to stop recruiting you we appreciate you considering us uh you'll be hearing from us soon don't be surprised when we start you know we start texting you again and and then it pays off man you you end up get maybe possibly i'm not trying to <laughs> count it before it happens but it looks really good right now jerry hamilton put in a prediction for us to get him this morning jerry hamilton is a is our own is an own three insider for texas so that's a that's a good look for us all right guys, that brings us to our our main discussion of the evening, man. There's a lot of talk right now out there especially on Twitter about uh the Gators and our NIL situation and and where the money's coming from, why we don't have the money. Po- it apparently or seemingly to do what you see old Miss doing, what you see Texas doing, even, you know, FSU doing right now, that, you know, adding Players from big-name schools. You see uh, Texas is adding Bama kids, FSU adding Bama kids, even though I'll say most of the kids they added from Bama never saw the field at Bama, but, you know, it is what it is. And then you see Ole Miss just adding a who's who of everybody that has entered the portal from all over. Um, You've seen Kentucky obviously do it. You've seen South Carolina be very successful in the portal. And right now what you're seeing with Florida is us just adding what feels like a lot of filler and, and possible role players. And it's, and it's caused a great deal of frustration and people are, you know, the, I kind of understand it from, from every standpoint, but from more, I do understand it from being a fan because at the end of the day, that's what I am. Um, God, people want to know, you know, we're the university of Florida. Why do we not have the kind of money and, um, you know, just assets to compete with these other programs, especially say someone like Ole Miss. I mean, you can understand it at Texas and schools like that, that, you know, have oil money and things like that. But why are we getting run over by someone like Ole Miss? Well, uh, the first easy answer is Ole Miss has the best collective in the business currently at over 6,000 active members. And to use that as a comparison right now, Florida victorious is operating somewhere right under 2,400. Now whose fault is that? Is it, um, you know, is it Florida's fault? Is it, Scott Strickland's fault? Is it, you know, some sometimes we're being gaslit into being believing, oh, it's well, it's it's our fault. Why are y'all not giving enough money? Um and, and it's a little bit of everybody, but you know, we're really stuck in this, is it, you know, was it the chicken or the egg kind of situation about things now? Um, because the fan base has gotten to the point where the conversation is, well, I'll donate when we start winning. And you have another section that's like, well, we need to put the money in and get the good players, and then we can win. And I kind of want to go around with my guys here and we talk about and get their opinions because this thing has really gotten kind of out of hand. And there's a lot of uneasiness right now in the fan base. And it's, it's a right, you know, rightfully so. This fan base remembers the good days and how things should be. And right now, obviously, things look very disorganized. Um, You're not seeing the caliber of players across the board that we're used to the University of Florida getting. But at the same point, the landscape has drastically changed and it might be time for a new strategy. CJ, I'm going to start with you. We were talking about this before the show. What is your take on this? on this current situation and, and what should Florida maybe consider doing?
1: Uh, I think you've got to look at this from an unconventional approach. Um, there's going to be a fundraising um, plan put in place to do this that makes it more enticing for people or, or makes it easier for people to donate. I know that how uh, on Twitter had brought up and I thought it was a pretty good idea. It was, Allowing people to donate money at the concession stand at the you know at the football game themselves. I think it was like um, rounding yeah.
2: up to the nearest dollar or something like and that.
1: That's, it was something like that. And I think that was a great idea. I mean, if you go to uh, anywhere that's trying to fundraise, if you go to like firehouse subs, I know they do this. Yeah, you go to firehouse subs, and yeah, if you buy a sub or whatever, they're like, "Would you like to round up your meal to the the whole dollar, and we'll donate the rest of that to the firefighters." Um, If there's something that that could be done, I think that that's a simple way to add add cash flow. Um, There's got to be something that that Florida Victorious can do to incentivize um, their patrons as well as, you know, there's something that the University of Florida, you know, I I don't know the ins and outs of this stuff right now. But, you know, if if you're talking from the upper levels of the athletic department, now that they can be involved a little more with with the NIL stuff i think that there needs to be something that can be done uh, as far as like the, the the regular boosters just the people that are season ticket holders not not the uh you know the the booster boosters but you know just regular joe's that they buy season tickets you become a florida booster at that point you know that's that's you know part of it um if some of that money uh for your seats or something could be kicked back to the nil I, i'm not really sure you know if they they want to prompt that as a, a donation would you' like to donate uh, to the Florida Victorious, uh, on top of buying your season tickets, I, I don't know uh, something like that. And, and I'm sure somebody smarter than me has kicked these these options around. And I don't know if they're just um, something to do with ethically they can't do it, or or it's it's just not being you know the points not being reached uh, or gotten across to the certain people. I, I'm not sure, but I, I do know that if if we're going to compete, we're going to have to spend a little money. Um, and you can wait for other people to do it for you. Um, you know, you can sit around and you can wait and hope that they change their mind. Um, you know, and that's possible. You know, eventually, you know, you look at other teams, it's happened. Georgia, for a long time, was in that mode of, well, we, you know, and whatever and finally at some point they got tired of getting their teeth kicked in and said okay we're going to make a concerted effort to to spend um and you know get get a football team worthy of putting on the field and that took a lot of convert, convincing from the the right man for the job as well when they hired Kirby Smart so so that that's part of it um but you know eventually that could happen but i don't know if we're patient enough for that to happen and you know i'm not i'm not want to tell anybody to do you know, what to do with their money. It's your money. You know, you can do whatever. And and that includes big boosters. I I can't tell boosters what to do with their money. These men obviously have got great wealth doing things their way. And they're, I mean, I can't tell them to throw money on something if there's no return on investment. Um, You know, that's the major thing. You know, when you're talking about people that spend money, that invest, that have this big money, what is my return on investment? And you could say, oh, well, we'll have a good football team. Well, what's the guarantee of that? You know, we've seen teams uh, – you can look at Miami. Miami's spending money out their ass, and they still suck. You know, they're getting great players. they got top five classes, and they, they're still bad. So what, what is what is the return of investment? you got to have some kind of guarantee. Um, to, You know, you also look at it from the standpoint of these kids can leave at the drop of a hat. They're not held to these NIL deals. There's no way to do that. Um, So, you know, what's the incentive there? It's like, okay, well, I spent all this money on this kid and he left. Um, You know, it's just I think that we're going to have to see fundamental change with the way NIL works, with the way the portal works, for for people to really start to trust to to donate their money to this stuff. Because right now it just feels like everybody's playing fast and loose um, and hoping to get the cards right. I think another thing with Ole Miss that's not being really talked about, Ole Miss doesn't really recruit out of high school. They've got a lot of kids, uh, not not a lot of super, super high ranked kids. They got some good good enough kids in there. But that opens up a whole nother of okay, well, we didn't spend that much in high school recruiting. Well, now we've got a whole bunch to play with in the portal. So do you that's a strategy to have Florida State's done it. You know, Florida State went completely and they're 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 kind of changing a little bit with what they're doing, but that was the way they did it, you know
0: was
1: basically he's like, hey, forget this high school recruiting stuff. We need to win now. We're gonna invest all our money into the portal, and, and that's a that's a strategy you could have. But at the end of the day, we're gonna have to find money from somewhere. And again, I cannot make people give money. I can't make people donate their cash. Um, but I I can I can't say this. I I donate to it. I have the Florida Victorious. uh you know, I give money to them that's my choice. I encourage all of you to do that. Um, and, and, you know, because I feel like it's the best way for us to move forward here. Um, I hope, I hope that we find something down the road. Um, I think too, again, I think we're only going to really see a change at this point. If, if something changes, with the rules in the NIL and things like that, where there's caps and restrictions and limitations put on things, to where it's not just a wild, wild west and we're just throwing money around um, willy nilly. Because I, I just I don't think that we have a booster network of, of guys that are that are willing to do that. Um, you know, the guys that we do have do a great job. They're they're working their butt off. You know, the guys that really care about this. Um, but you know, we just don't we don't have the resource. To really just get out here and spend FU money. I mean, it's just not it's not what, we, what we're doing. Um, the only thing you can also right. hope for is maybe maybe you can start to win. If you start to win, maybe it's easier to sell kids and you can get a little bit of a, a discount. Uh, I know Hurst talked about it earlier with especially with a guy like Caleb Downs. Um, you know, Florida can offer Caleb Downs the moon, but you know, if Georgia can match it, then we're we're just spinning our tires. You know, we've 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 offered a whole bunch of money for nothing because he wouldn't want to come here, you know, and lose, as opposed to, uh, you know, as opposed to taking that money and going to Georgia and being able to win. So, I think that there's just a lot we have to work out. I think that I think that if you do start to win a little bit, I think it could help, and I hope that we're on the track to do that this
2: year. Wes, what's your take on all this, man? As far as what needs to be done with nil and and should and. What does Florida need to do to build their roster going forward? Uh-oh. Wes is having some technical difficulties. Wes, can you hear us? No, Wes can't hear us. <laughs> no, what I CJ, to your point, um, there's something really got to change, man, as far as Florida has to decide. Do we want to play ball? Um, you know, obviously in the 90s, we played ball. In the early 2000s, mid-2000s, we played ball. But once again, the landscape of college football continues to change. Um, and now we're, you know, obviously Saban's out of the game now, but you've got a new monster. You've got Kirby, and now you've got the NIL monster, and you've got the transfer portal monster. And it's either adapt or die. And right now, we are not adapting at the level that we need to adapt. And I do now, do I, to me, it's kind of like a multi level problem. And there's a lot of responsible parties. Uh, I do not, under any circumstances, believe the UAA and Scott Strickland do enough to promote uh, Florida Victorious and any other. NIL opportunities to support our athletes in any way, shape, or form. Um, I was flat out told uh by a member of Florida Victorious and previously of the Gator Collective, I was told by Eddie Rojas the same thing personally, that they were banned from talking about the collective at Gator Club meetings. I mean, what are we doing here if we're not trying to reach our fan base, not just around the university and whatnot, but it, you know, people come to games and they're like, what's Florida victorious. I've had many fans and different people tell me the same thing that people are like, what's Florida victorious. I've never heard about this because, you know, we get on our little social media platforms and we don't understand how small that bubble is in the grand scheme of things. Um, It's just not that big. I mean, it's, we know most of each other, and you know we don't know everybody in this damn fan base, but we know we we know Hirsch on Twitter, and so you know, and Dave Waters, and these folks. Um, and we try to use our platforms to talk about nil and that kind of stuff because we can. Nobody's stopping us. But if you're stopping the primary people that are running the operation from promoting a product that only helps your athletes, what are you doing? I mean, that is a real concern to me. It should be a real concern to the athletes. I mean, and that's going to be maybe the next thing that happens, is you're going to have these athletes leave, or while they're even on campus, say, why ain't my AD trying to promote? nil to get me better nil money maybe i need to leave the university of florida trust me it can happen (laughs) um and and if things don't change it would not surprise me to see that day come and then you know you go on to the next level like cj was talking about about the big money boosters uh you know i know they have reached out to um to house Steinbrenner multiple times to try, you know, and I'm just using one example because he's the, the billionaire guy you can reach out to. We don't have a Jimmy rain at Auburn walking through this door with his $1.2 billion saying, Hey guys, what do you need? You know, we got Gary and a, and a few handful of other guys out there trying to carry the torch. And when it's the same eight, nine, ten guys that are continually having the the coaches and well and the people involved with this. I shouldn't say coaches, <laughs> but, you know, coming back and saying, hey, guys, uh, we need a little more. Hey, guys, now we want to get this guy. We need a little more. And you're going to the same well, and you're going to the same well, and you're going over and over and over. Eventually, that well is going to dry up. Or they're just going to close the doors on it and say, you know what? That's it. I can't do it anymore. You tapped me out. And herein lies a problem, a real problem. And we're going to have to figure it out one way or another, man. What is the solution? And I don't have that answer. I don't, I'm a lowly podcaster in South Georgia. I don't, I don't have that answer. I can sit here all day till I run out of breath suggesting things that I think are the answer. I've, I've talked to people that I just mentioned about, hey, well, have we tried this? Have we tried that? And they go, man, we can only get so far. But if they shut us down, they shut us down. What can we do? You know, hey, we wanted to put an advertisement on the Jumbotron at the swamp. But we we can't control the time when they put it up there, how many times they put it up there. They were talking about putting QR codes in every seat in the swamp. Um, that was Wes texting me. He's got an issue. (laughs) Um,
1: yeah, I've got people that are, that are friends of mine that are boosters that, that pay, you know, the season tickets and they, they're Gator boosters and they don't, they don't, you know, they're not part of this, this, you know, the Gator social media bubble that you're talking about where you've got this, this group of guys on Twitter, you know, there's a group, you know, hers is right. It's a group of people on Twitter, you know, just about everybody in gator twitter and that should tell you that we're not the overarching you know and all be all of the fan base there's a lot of other people out there you're dealing with people that i know that's like i said just don't they don't trust this uh florida Victorious. they don't trust they didn't trust the gator collective they don't they don't trust any of this stuff um you know i i've had people that don't really understand it you know and and, and say hey i'm paying all this money you know for my my season tickets my donations that go to the university why isn't any of that money being taken and, and given to these people, right? And, because the, and they don't understand the differences because the university and the athletic department fails to to really educate anybody outside of this social media that can see what Florida Victorious does. So if you're not part of that and you're not, you're not being told, and I, I think that's what goes back to, you know, when we talk about blaming a lot of the issues the University of Florida has on the AD of the UAA, it isn't so much of saying, oh, well, they need to pay more money it because they can't, we're not, we're not stupid. We understand the UAA isn't the ones funding NIL. That's not, not what happened. We know, but they could do a better job promoting it as part of what they're allowed to do now. Now it's opened up an entire world of them being able to say, Hey, this is the Gator collective or, Hey, this is the Florida victorious. And they're, they're funding our NIL. And this is, you know, our efforts and making sure that current Gator boosters you know, can or just Gator fans in general, but I'm talking specifically to the, the boosters that really don't understand how any of this works. Um, they could at least do a better job promoting it and explaining it, um, giving them a better idea. Because if you took all those people and they were able to um, give money to the to the university and to you know uh, the 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 NIL collective, uh, it would it would definitely benefit us. Uh, because that's that's a larger pool of people to 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 draw from. That's a larger larger pool of people to to get NIL from. That's a larger pool of people to uh to to make the money off of to fund this athletics endeavor. Um, I think that 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 would be good for for Florida. I think it
2: could only help us. I think. hey guys we're back sorry about that we had a technical issue at the end of the show here guys gonna go ahead and call it a show guys sorry about that not a great night here on the technical aspect of things but we appreciate you all tuning in guys All, all of you that made it this far thank you so much for tuning in as always go gators